Welcome everyone. You are tuned into the Good Sex Podcast. I am your host, the First Love Doctor, also known as Crystal Williams. Shout out to the hubby. Okay. My name is Alicia Olatunde. I'm the owner and operator of Whole Intimacy and shout out to my boo. But girl, mm-hmm. why are we here? We are here because we are women. Yes. We are Christian. Period. But we still want to talk about sex. Girl, all the sex, okay? Amongst our friends, people are talking about how someone should have the conversation. Mm -hmm. But we're here to have the conversation. Absolutely. And as if that weren't already taboo enough, Mm -hmm. we get to integrate our vocational experience in the field of psychology. Absolutely, because Jesus, Uh psychology and sex, completely a thing totally a thing because sex is still god's idea guys we're back again for another episode of the good sex podcast your intros your (laughs) intros are getting worse and worse (laughs) judgment much whoa (laughs) don't let the joy of my spirit you're right Bring the joy. Bring the joy of the Lord. Come on. Come on in the room. Yes. No, you didn't want me in the room. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted how you wanted me to bring the room in how you want it. I'm an individual. No, be free. I'm I (laughs) repent. Be free. Come in the room. And we have somebody else in the room with us. Crystal acting up in front of company. (laughs) (laughs) We have a wonderful guest with us today that I am so excited about. <laughs> I'm excited too because I met him today and I like him already. <laughs> All <right>. Yes. <laughs> Nathan. Hey. Hi. Man, thank you guys so much for having me on. This is awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> the first man to come on and brave the 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 trenches that is us i love it i love it <laughs> yes it's so exciting and he's braving a topic that he has he knows well he has mm. lived and overcome and is walking in freedom mm. around but i just am floored mm. at his audacity and tenacity around speaking to this because we mm. rarely see it especially in the body of christ the way that he walks it and talks mm-hmm. it and lives it. What is the topic, Alicia? Oh, baby, we talking about pornography. What? <laughs> I know what? Faint somewhere just fainted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people, I tell people all the time. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna be using some words that might make you feel a little bit awkward. All right, we're just gonna yeah. have to get over that. <laughs> yes, we are. That's the problem right now. We scared to use words. Yeah. Yes. Yes. True. Let me get off the Saints. It's it's too early for this. <laughs> so Nathan ain't scared. Listen, listen, y'all are in for a treat. Nathan's going to share um, not only his work in this vein, but he's going to share his personal testimony, his story. Mm. Um, and before that, though, y'all know we have to we have to bring him in, right? Absolutely. <laughs> we gotta we gotta start with. Our wonderful triage of questions. Mm, the questions. <laughs> and so Wait. they sent me these questions before, but I didn't look at them. 
<laughs> oh, see this. See, you're working in the vein that I be. I I adore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so this is gonna be right straight from the heart. I don't. Yes. I don't even have time to Perfect. think about it. Perfect. Okay, so question number one. In one word, as best you can, what is the central message you have heard from the Universal Church? And or from Christianity, Christianity, Christians mm -hmm. concerning sex. Mm, just one word. Well, you can expound. Okay. But if you had to put it in a word, what word comes to mind when you I, think church and sex? Yeah, I probably have to say predominant vibe or message that I that I've gotten is bad. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't do it. <laughs> no good. Yes. All right. Stay away from all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's like it's this message of abstaining from the worldly pleasure of sex. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm like, man, it's such a. I feel like it's such an incomplete message. Mm -hmm. And it's like, gosh, like. You're emphasizing this one half. What about what about the concept of like Jesus being the author of pleasure? Yes, come on, <laughs> yeah, I knew I liked you. Know I mean? you on this thing here. I knew I liked you. Come on. <laughs> and so I'm like, I, that's one of the things that that I do. I try to do in my circle of influence. Anytime I get to speak on this topic or in my book or anything like that on my show. I'm like, and even with my younger siblings, I have, I have younger siblings. They're about to turn 14. They're twins. Yeah. Wow. And like, like talking to them about how awesome sex is yeah. and how like, but, and, but then like helping them understand the context in which it's supposed to be enjoyed. Yes. Understanding why it's supposed to be enjoyed in this context and not outside of it. Understanding the pain that comes with it. Yeah. Um, you know, operating outside of God's design, but it's inherently good yes. <laughs> and inherently beautiful. And so I, I, I feel like part of my mandate is to help rewrite that narrative. It's not even rewriting it. It's just like realigning it with the yes. way it was designed. Yes. Um, if you will, because it was the Lord's idea. Come on. Nathan, Nathan you better be a co-laborer in this field with us. <laughs> that's why i love what you guys are doing i mean i didn't even know you guys had a podcast or anything i've worked with crystal a little bit yeah. you know with exodus cry but i didn't whenever she was just telling me about your guys show i'm like oh these are my girls right here. <laughs> yes love it love it love it love it oh i'm so excited you're here i can't even calm down okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna hit you with question two. Question one was like, oh my God, yes, Mwah. chef's kiss. Come on. <laughs> question two, how would you define good and or God sex? Mm. How would I define it? It's interesting. You know, it's interesting because I've never had God sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I've had I've had godless sex. Yeah. And so thinking about it from that perspective, what was that like? I'm thinking God sex is probably going to be on the other side of that. So 
godless sex is very self-centered first mm, of all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and so i'm like thinking like of course like god sex has to be you have to put in the definition it's selfless Mm. it's about it's about laying down your life it's about serving it's about um you know it's it's not about it's not seeking self yes. so i say I, th I think you got to put that in there yes. um god god sex has got to be selfless and it's also i think it's got to i think the best god sex is is one that you're experiencing intimacy with the father yeah yes! like, I'm li I've listened to uh, one of my best friends. I was in his, I was the best man of his wedding. Um, him leading up to the time like of him getting married, him and his fiance were listening to a podcast by a couple out at Bethel. And it's all about sex and enjoy and like experiencing God, encountering God through sex and marriage. Wow. And they're talking about like having encounters with the Lord in the bedroom. And like, they're talking about like, you know, manifesting the Holy Spirit, presence of the Holy Spirit, you know, during intimacy. And I'm like, man, this is like opening my mind up to just what's available in the Lord related to this experience. And so like, that's one of the things that I look ahead to, you know, thinking about the, the encounters with the Lord that, yes. that with my wife, that we will experience together while we're you know, one, yeah. we're experiencing oneness with each other. We're experiencing oneness with the Lord. Um, I think it's like, you know, I think one of the reasons there's so much warfare and false narrative around sex and, and intimacy is because of the encounters that you can yeah. have with Jesus through it and the intimacy that is to be had with the Lord. And so I think you got to have, you got to have, intimacy with jesus wrapped up in the definition so that's just off the cuff of my you know yeah off my art that's so. beautiful that was so beautiful that was so beautiful and you know I, I, let me let me say one more thing i'm thinking about this the sex that i've had the godless sex if you will where it's like i i all the sex that i had i had it as believer like like in my high school years, like I'm at, you know, I had the Holy Spirit. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in fifth grade. Yeah. And so I got the Holy Spirit like talking to me during the whole stuff. And it's like, I got to like put him out of my, yes. my mind. And it's like this removal of the Lord mm. and, and how opposite that is too. Yes. Where it's like God sex in marriage and covenant. You're like inviting him in. Yeah you enjoy it with you and you're like you're doing it with the confidence that he's like yes this is awesome <laughs> like I, i'm in, i'm in this with you you know what i mean yeah and so i think that's like that's a really fun idea for me yes that's a fun idea for us all to just try to uh, try to let in try to let permeate our hearts you know we mm. don't hear descriptions like that and so mm -hmm. it it seems so abstract wow well and i think the thing too is is like if you think about sex in not even just from like a christian standpoint but if you look at like um 
when people talk about like, and go with me here, people. Okay, mm-hmm. put your stones down. Um, <laughs> listen, sometimes we got to put them down before we say what we're gonna say. Right. So, like, if you think about like um, chakras and and tantric sex and all this stuff, and how it talks about like centering heart with all and like aligning all of that and how there's a spiritual aspect everybody acknowledges it in in some way Mm. you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like it's always something when you're looking at it there's an innate um connection that is existential Mm. you see what i'm saying Mm. yeah and it's just like you know as as believers we know where that thing come from Mm. yeah but everybody's acknowledging it wow or seeking it, maybe. Yes, everybody's like seeking looking it. for that. Like, yes, not even knowing that you're looking for Holy Spirit. You know, you don't. Mm-hmm. You're not even mm-hmm. maybe aware that you're seeking out the Lord in that. Because I feel like I had a lot of. I love the term you use, godless sex. Mm-hmm. I love that. Wow. I had a lot of godless sex where I think I was seeking, you know a level of intimacy that the physicality could not bring me. That's good. And I don't, I didn't realize at the time um, that, you know, I would never, I would never gain that level of connection or closeness or apart from the Lord. I didn't know that. So I'm just seeking and seeking and seeking, trying to fill that space. Um, And it's like, until you're having good sex, God's sex, that you'll just keep driving at something that you're not going to, it, it almost reminds me of you talk about, and I know you'll talk more about this, Nathan, you know, freedom from all sorts of addiction, but it makes me think of addiction and how, you know, people are describing it as they're chasing this high mm-hmm. that they can never yes. attain. So it's like, yeah, I wouldn't even imagine that even in sex, you know, I'm chasing this spiritual experience that I cannot have apart from from the Lord. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, your definition absolutely has us all like, <laughs> listen, I don't want nothing else. <laughs> I no. want that. I want that. Yeah, so that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I think that that podcast, you know, that my friend was listening to with his fiance. What's the name of that? I'm sorry. Yeah, I can I can get back to you about okay. that. It's it's I, not I, one I, extraordinary marriage, is it? I can't remember. I'm okay. sorry. That's another marriage <laughs> podcast, and I don't I don't know where that couple is from, but okay. that but yeah. But it it like it really opened my mind up to just what's available to us in mm-hmm. the Lord. And I was like, man, I feel like so many believers who are in covenantal relationship, having, you know, covenantal sex are not even scratching the surface Yes, to what is available to them in the Fair Lord part. and available to them in intimacy with their spouse. And, um, I've always been this way, like with just different things throughout my life but like i want to be the best mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to have the best marriage i want to have yes. the, the best relationship with my wife i want to have the best sex yes for real and yeah. not in like a self-serving way like oh like she's gonna do everything i want her to do that type of yeah. thing i'm not talking about that right i'm talking about like i want all that is available to me in the lord 
with my spouse. And that really, that, you know, I, I didn't actually even listen to the podcast. He was just telling me about it. Um, and he was like, man, you should listen to this whenever the time is right. Yeah. (laughs) Like I definitely will, but it just, it gave me like a lot of stuff to look forward to in Mm -hmm. just in that relationship. I love that. That's so much. I mean, we've been having these conversations for several weeks now, and that's one of the things that um, I'm discovering even more and more as a newlywed Mm. is, you know, I keep referring to, you know, the mysteries of God in all aspects and all different relationship dynamics and all of the different areas of our lives. Um, But just how he's inexhaustible. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why would this be any different? Like, there's so much to explore. And I love that you are even speaking to marriage, how we're scratching the surface, even in our marriages. And that lets me know, like, there's so much to hope for in Christ, even specific to my marriage. Like, I can continue to hope and dream and aspire. Um, and that that can go on until we meet Jesus face to face. Yeah, like the possibilities in him are endless. And so, I mean, for me, that makes I think like we hear a lot about um, sex and marriage is like, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of the stories that I heard were like, you're going to have to like wind yourself up. You're going to be too tired. You're not going to care. You're going to be rather watch your favorite TV show or eat some chocolate. And it's like this idea that sex and marriage like it, you know, quickly becomes stale or, you know, uninteresting or boring. And it's like exploring one another in the Lord doesn't have to be that way. Amen. It doesn't have to be that way. The thing is, is you hear that description when it comes to Christian marriages, though, Mm. not people that who don't necessarily identify as Christian when you ask them about their sex life. And how did that association come about? Wow. I didn't think about that. That's interesting. So you're saying like non-Christians kind of, there's the vibe that they're having more fun in the bedroom. Yes. Interesting. That's true, actually, now that I think about it. In my experience. Oh, that is a tragedy. It is. We got to do something about that, saints. We doing something about it right now. We trying to help them. Amen. Amen. Okay, with that being said, last question so we can get into your work and your story. Okay. Um, what compelled you um, to join this conversation in general and then specifically on this platform? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's something I'm so passionate about because I personally came out of porn addiction and I know what it's like to be in the just the cycle of of not I can't get free of this thing that's like wrecking my life Mm. and I remember just a little bit about my story in eighth grade I started watching pornography and I didn't even know even know how to masturbate at the time like I had someone tell me you could go like this Mm -hmm. and I was just like okay (laughs) and (laughs) I didn't even know what was supposed to happen Mm. and so I just like, I tried to masturbate a couple of times and nothing happened. And then one time I was like, I'm just going to keep trying until actually something happens. And, um, that's when I had my first orgasm Mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, that's what was supposed to happen. Um, and 
And that was about the third time that I watched porn. And so uh, they say, I've, I've seen different studies say that it takes three exposures to porn to be addicted. Mm. So then you, but then you add on the orgasm that I had as well. It was like a boom. locked ah. in. Mm-hmm. So that association was immediately 100%. developed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's eighth grade. And, and for the next couple of years, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, just, <clears throat> I would look forward to it coming home from football practice. Like I'm going to watch porn and have an orgasm and mm-hmm. it'll be awesome. And, uh, you know, and then it progressed into a point where I'm like, I want to be in a sexual relationship. You know, I want to mm-hmm. do the stuff that um, I'm watching. And, and it was so interesting guys. Cause I was pastor son, mm-hmm. um, belie- a believer, had the Holy spirit, you mm-hmm. know, from fifth grade. Um, and yet all of a sudden I'm wrapped up in this addiction. And now this is like driving my, yeah. my just the way I look at life, what I'm, what I am pursuing. And, um, you know, eventually got into a relationship about a 10 month long sexual relationship. I was, my sophomore year of high school was the worst year, mm. uh, perhaps of my life because I was just like, sneaking out three or four times a day mm. or three or four times a night or three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> and uh, going over, being over at this girl's house from midnight to 4 a.m., hooking up, mm. coming home, sleeping for like two hours and going to school. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. wow. It was brutal on my own. I got that I'm going to get it by any means possible. Oh, right. Yeah. Tired yeah. and all. 100%. And I mean, it just consumed my life. I feel like you know, I'm going to be more candid on this show than I have on other Jeez. shows. Because this is what it's all about, right? Yes. Thank we you. Welcome me. Thank you. <laughs> and so, like, you know, my my days that year, especially, that was the darkest it ever was. Because I would just, you know, I would watch porn and masturbate during the day. And then I would sneak out at night and go and hook up and with this girl and there was one time i mean it just like it just was like so dominating over me there was one time where she forgot to unlock the door for me and she fell asleep and i remember i was just like okay i'm not like gonna be denied And I, I went around, this is at one o'clock in the morning. I went around to the back of her house and I found their, their doggy door. So like they had, so it was like opened up the screen door and the doggy door. So I can't fit through the doggy door, but I like put my hand into the doggy door and like, you know, reached up and I'm like trying to reach and I'm like this far from the, from the actual turning of the lock. And I, I spent probably like 10 minutes and I just like couldn't get it. And I like, I'm like sitting there. She's not answering her phone. I'm sitting there on the deck. It's a summer night. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is, I'm like going to be locked out. And I, I sat there for probably 60 seconds and I was like, nope, nope, nope. I'm literally going to do this. And I like put my shoulder out of socket <gasps> to reach Like this was what it was natural. I put it out and it to reach it, yeah. <laughs> unlocked it, come back down open the door, go in and I'm in. 
Yes. And wait a minute, hold on. So you don't have no <laughs> care or concern this about the dog, about the parents. If it's an alarm on the house, this man said, "I'm gonna get mine." That's right. And I <laughs> I tell that story not to glorify like my just like my depravity, but to shine the light on how this thing drove me to yeah. this place of like irrational yeah. pursuit and yeah. yeah she she did have a dog but he, he was a little bulldog who slept all the time <laughs> <laughs> but anyways but yeah i i mean so i'm wrapped up in this mm. but and i felt the conviction of the holy spirit for probably the first five months of that relationship and then it like went away yeah and that actually scared me mm. um, because like I said, I secretly wanted to be a man of God. Yes. And secretly had this, you know, idea in my head of who I was going to be in my 20s. Mm. And I realized, oh, crap, like, I'm not just going to wake up one day and be that guy. I'm 16 now. And I'm like, just I'm on a whole different path. Yeah. And so I started in the midst of this relationship asking the lord to convict me come and, on Nathan. and to like break my heart for what breaks his and who that was that was an emotional roller coaster because i would go over to her house hook up for a few hours and then drive home and bawl my eyes out yeah because he was like convicting me hard and i'm like i began to feel enslaved i realized oh crap like i don't want to do this anymore but now i can't stop Yes. And that's how I think that's how you know you're addicted. Mm -hmm. It's whenever you don't want to do it anymore, but you can't stop. That's mm -hmm. so true. And so I was addicted before, but I didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, I remember crying because I'm like, I feel so convicted right now. And I don't want to do this, but I know I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up. And this drive for sex and orgasm and pleasure is going to like, it's going to be all over again tomorrow. I'm going to watch porn. I'm going to masturbate. I'm going to have sex in the night. And just this feeling of hopelessness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where I would just cry. And I remember I, I made her, that specific girl, feel so confused and bad mm. in that time. Uh, I have that. I, I just, I gave her such a, a horrible example of what a Christian was, mm. especially in that time where I'm like straddling the fence, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sending her so many mixed signals. Like I remember, I, I remember telling her just like, Oh, you're like a stumbling block to me. Like you can't, I can't, you know, like pinning it on her and like, mm -hmm. you're making me sin. And, mm -hmm. um, and just how it would rip her heart out and yeah. it was a horrible toxic emotional yeah. roller coaster of a relationship and so that was a dark season of my life yeah and man i, I haven't gone in in that amount of detail in, in that specific relationship on any yeah. platform or any oh uh, thank you publicly before you know i've shared this different stuff with with friends and and things like that of course but that specific relationship was dark. Yeah. I remember going to summer camp that at the end of that that relationship and 
I feel like getting away from it for two weeks helped me get away from that relationship. And so long mm -hmm. story short, I walked away from that. And I'm like, I can never talk to you again. I just have to cut it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know what it, it was what it was, but I was still addicted to pornography for the rest of my high school life. Okay. Okay. And so from then on, it was like me trying to live as a godly man and and still being addicted to porn, which would lead to in my lowest moments, um, having one night stands, hookups. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, for example, whenever I get benched, uh, you know, as a quarterback my senior year, you know, I'm super low, have a hookup, you know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so, but kind of get done with high school and I go down and, and I join a discipleship program down in Southern Missouri. Um, in Branson. Okay. Um, and it was during that time that I had a dream that set me free from pornography and masturbation addiction oh, once and yeah. for all. And do you guys want to hear the dream? I do. Absolutely. Come on now, Nathan. You know we want to hear Well, here's the thing is, I, you know, so much of my life is dreams. That's why I call my ministry Dreamer Boy Ministries. I was wondering, yeah. Yes, and uh, you know, it's I am a dreamer in the sense of like big ambitions and stuff, but the Lord speaks to me through dreams. Okay. In the night, all the time, I have hundreds of recorded dreams. Wow. Um, and so I'm writing another book right now called Dreamer Boy, and yes. we're just showing where the Lord can speak to us through the night. But, anyways, this was the first dream that really launched me into that. Okay. And in this dream, I was walking hand in hand with my future spouse and we were talking. I don't know who it is, by the way. People ask me all the time. Listen, I was about to say, oh, you had one of them too? Yeah. The Lord told me who my husband was. Really? In a dream he did? It wasn't in a dream. It was the. It was probably one of the two times that I've heard God audibly. But this ain't about me. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> you got to tell that story later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll get on that later. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm walking in this dream hand in hand with my wife and we're talking, having a great time whenever this homeless guy off the street, dirty, ragged clothes, filthy living off the street comes up to us, stops us in our tracks. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Like, who is this guy? He in the dream, he point blank looks straight at my wife and he says, I want to have sex with your wife. And I was, as you can imagine, offended in the dream. Yeah. And I'm like, who in the world do you think you are? And I start shoving this guy and I'm like, she's not going to go anywhere near you. You're not going to touch her. Get away from my wife. And I don't know why, but I just felt like to turn after about eight or 10 seconds to my wife to get some you know, just confirmation from her that this is what she wanted me to do is defend her. Mm -hmm. And I turned to her in the, in the dream. And I was like, you don't want to go with him, do you? And she just looked at me with like this blank face. And she goes, you know what? Actually I do. <gasps> and in the dream, I start weeping and I was like, heartbroken like i start bawling my eyes out and i fall down on the ground like shocked like i can't even believe she wants to go with him and he like goes and picks up my wife and just like <gasps> walks off into the abyss with her. oh god 
leaving me on the sidewalk, just like bawling in a puddle of my own tears. So I wake up from the dream. Like it's like the movies. Like I wake up and I, I sit up and I'm sweating. I'm breathing heavily. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like that dream was insane. And right when I woke up, I felt like the Lord spoke to me really clearly two things like, boom, he goes, Nathan, whenever you turn to porn outside of me, it's like your wife turning to the homeless guy in the dream. Oh Lord. Oh my God. And just to expand on that thought, like that was what he spoke to me to expand on the thought. Um, he's like, Nathan, we walk in like beautiful communion together and I would never let anyone you know, touch you or anything come in between us, but you can willingly give yourself to this film. Wow. And I'm like, Lord, like I'm, I mean, I'm not even a charismatic Christian at this point. So I'm like hearing his voice is crazy enough, <laughs> but I'm having this encounter. And he's like, he goes, and the second thing, Nathan, he goes, whenever you do that, whenever you engage with porn, it breaks my heart. Mm. oh like you wailing on the concrete yes and i felt like he gave me a glimpse of his heart how it breaks whenever we engage with this stuff that where he's you know it's and and we we just break his heart he wasn't mad he wasn't angry he was heartbroken yeah and i got a glimpse of the the bridegroom heart that was ripped apart and you guys like that dream absolutely changed and shifted my whole life <sighs> in a moment five years of addiction to porn and masturbation were broken this that was <gasps> november of 2015 um every thanksgiving i celebrate another uh, year of freedom yes um man I, my body went through some withdrawals in the coming months 100 percent. yeah um but for the first time it was like this grace was extended to me to like walk in freedom i mean um, and it was like i need it's like i already had the holy spirit so i had the had the grace but i like i needed to be the chains needed to be broken off yeah yeah and um that that i love sharing that part of my story because it was a, such a turning point shifting point and uh, a lot of my my book is surrounded you know, about some of the journey that I just shared with you guys. Yikes! <laughs> oh, God. I just... <laughs> my... That's my brain. Oh, Lord Jesus. In my heart. In my yeah. heart. That's... Oh, Father. I appreciate the entire story. I appreciate... Um, the graphic nature of the story. I appreciate the details. Like it gives me so much appreciation for where you are now. I feel like we often hear people speak from the point of, you know, I've overcome this, mm. you know, I'm past this. I'm, um, but it's so hard to see yourself in a story like that because you might still be at the point where you were describing. Yes you in the doggy door dislocating your shoulder. Yes. You know, like you are still being driven. And so it's so hard to even fathom this idea of any level of freedom. And so I so appreciate your candor. I really, really do. Um, 
That is can a I beautiful say, story. Can I say something really quick? When mm-hmm. you just said that, it made me think of, so God created us, right? Mm-hmm. And we are his. And he placed within us this insatiable need to, to go after um, something that he that he ordained for us to have. Mm-hmm. But if we think about Jesus, right? Jesus endured all of those things because of the love that he had for us. And so when we misplace where that direction is supposed to go, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What we're seeking out. Mm-hmm. So we have it within us. Wow. It's just about us appropriately placing our attentions and affections on the thing that God will have for us. Because yeah. it was it, like he gave Nathan that. Yeah. To, to have that insatiable need. But back to what he said in the beginning, it's about the boundaries and and what what God ordained for us and the parameters around yeah. that. The context, the right context of it, yes. and and you know what I'm I'm wondering too, Nathan is, you know, for many of us, growing up early on, you know, we we don't know the Lord, mm-hmm. we don't have Holy Spirit, um, so how how do you think you having been in relationship with God, um at least, you know, walking in fellowship with him, you know, whatever it is you were learning or being taught, your father's a pastor. Um, how do you, how do you reconcile having Holy Spirit, having that relationship? Um, and then that desire that God, you know, places in us that is, you know, not negative. It's, it's his idea that displacement that happens. Cause I think sometimes like, I think at different points in my walk, I have idealized, you know, I didn't grow up a Christian. I wasn't saved until I was in adulthood. And I think, you know, had I known God before, maybe I wouldn't have blah, 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 blah. Sure. But that clearly is not true. That's not always the case. So like for you, how do you, how did you come to a point where even in fellowship with God and it's Holy Spirit that that desire got displaced for you? Man, such a good question. I think of, <clears throat> I think about how did King David fall to sin, sexual sin, after he had 30 years of relationship with Jesus? Wow. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. like, He's the Lord's anointed. He's been through thick and thin with him. He has history with God and intimacy with God. We've gone through victories. We've gone mm. through defeats. I've been on the run. I've, you know, I've had people wanting to kill me. You've delivered me all this stuff. Yeah. Now I'm king and now we're thriving, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing good. Mm-hmm. And that's in the, that's the context in which I'm going to fall to sexual sin. Mm. And so, you know, I think, I think it's a, first of all, it's a false idea that we're, um, immune or, or like we're, you know, Superman, we are susceptible to temptation, even though I don't believe that it's our natural bent as Holy Spirit filled believers. I believe that, um, 
you know, he is continually making us like him and he is, you know, bringing us, he's, he's reconfiguring our desires to his desires. The longer we walk with him, all that stuff. I've seen that in my own life, but the truth is we're still susceptible to a real enemy that really hates us and that really seeks his whole, his whole mission in life and assignment is to entangle us in sin mm-hmm. to steal from us to kill us to destroy us um and so for me personally the way i got into specifically porn addiction was i had an eighth grade girlfriend who i really liked at the time and who broke my heart mm. and so i believe like and I, I didn't mention these details, but like, even considering should I watch porn, I just wanted something to make me feel better. Yes. Yeah. I didn't want to be addicted to pornography. Right. I heard that, you know, I felt I heard that it was accessible. Here's what you got to do. You got to Google this and um, anybody can do it. And that it would make I thought it would make me feel better. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so I bought into a lie from the enemy and he really capitalized on this time of, of hurt mm-hmm. where, um, and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, one time I was in, I was in Bible school and we were talking about temptation. And I, I remember sharing like with the class, it was some sort of open discussion. And I was like, you know, I quoted this verse in James chapter four, where it says, um, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Um, and uh, what, wait, hold on a second. The, the other part of it is basically flee from the enemy and he'll flee from you. Mm. And I was like, I was like, I shared that. And I was like, you know, this is the the formula. And, and my professor like cuts in and he was like, yeah, he'll he'll leave until a more opportune time. Mm. Oh. And I was like, I was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, like look at the temptations of Jesus in in the desert. Mm. It says that at the end of all the temptations, Jesus passed the test, and it said that Satan left him until a more opportune time. Wow. And that was like a fuller understanding of this concept of, you know, flee from the enemy, and he'll flee from you or resist the enemy and he'll flee from you. That's, that's the right wording. And I was like, Oh crap. Yeah, you're right. It's not just this one, this one time, you know, one size fits all thing. Right. You know, he waits for opportune times of vulnerability Mm -hmm. or hurt, or whenever we think that we're Superman and we're untouchable all these he seeks to capitalize on different opportunities to entice us with a very real pleasure mm-hmm. that is that is in sin so jesus so i have a question um so there was there was a, a study conducted uh, by indiana university um and so 86% of their respondents said porn can educate people mm-hmm. and i remember running um I think it was a uh, red table talk and Gwyneth Paltrow was on there and they were talking about um, the effects of pornography. And I remember running a um, poll on my Instagram 
and I asked, you know, do you find, do you think porn is detrimental to your relationship? Yes or no. Mm. And I remember um, it was 70% of people said no. Wow. Um, so then the follow-up follow question to that was, um, do you feel like it's educational? So, mm -hmm. you know, similar to what the study was. Yeah. And so that was where some, a lot of people on that specific one said no, but then there were a few people who said, well, yes, like I do think it's educational. Um, and one person in specific was talking about how like her partner didn't demonize it against her, but like, it was like, okay, well maybe we can try this. Mm -hmm. So my question is, what do you say to those people who are like, but it's, it's giving me an example of something and I'm not necessarily trying to, um, quote unquote, get off or experience orgasm or whatever else. Like, what do you say to that person? Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of different arguments and reasonings to engage with pornography. What I would say is that the enemy makes promises that he can never keep. And he always takes us further than we want to go. Mm. <laughs> And so you might be engaging with that stuff for this reason or the other, but mm -hmm. he's not, he's not looking to, he's not looking to help you. There's always mm. a catch. Okay. It's like, I think it's Proverbs five, three. It says the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey. So in other words, they're pleasurable, but the other part, the next part of that verse is essentially, but she will kill you. Yes. <laughs> Like, but her, but, you know, she is like a double-edged sword seeking yes. to devour you. Yes. And so what I would say is for the someone like that, you're playing with fire. Mm -hmm. You might think that there's benefits. Well, it's helping me with this, helping me with that. Um, you're playing with fire. I, I like, like I said, I liked, I liked porn for the first three years yeah until i realized it was killing me yes and it like i've i've seen like it had like physical deterioration like dynamics to my body mm. like i remember during that time my tonsils swole up so big during that time because i it was driving me you know i wasn't getting any sleep mm. and my and oh. it was it like was a it was like a, it was showing like that my body was fighting off. Like my immune system was on overdrive. Mm -hmm. Wow. And my, I would go to the nurse. It was hard to swallow for like three or four months mm. and nobody knew why <laughs> except for me. Wow. And I was like, this is because I'm like, I'm, I'm letting my, this addiction to porn and sex drive my every, my every, you know, my everything in my life and and even to where i'm not even getting enough sleep so it's mm -hmm. taking me it's taking me to do stuff making me do stuff that i don't even want to do and it's affecting my own physical health yeah. that's just one example of of where what this grip on my life it, what it did to me and so i'm like i think that anyone who who thinks that they can use something like this casually mm. is deceiving themselves um, and are naive to the negative effects that it will eventually have on you personally or your relationship. 
That's good. That's good. I want you to expound on that, on the relationship. Because here, we're often looking at bar- barriers to intimacy, even when it, even before sexual intimacy, even just physical intimacy, um, any level of intimacy. Um, and so I'm wondering, what are the implications yeah, on right. relationships? Yes. So I think it's a myth, the the concept of that you can engage with something, especially in a, like a real a real time way, that it's not going to affect your day to day life and the way that you operate or think. Right. Like, you can sit here and tell me all you want that engaging with particular types of music it doesn't affect the way that I think. But you go around humming and singing those lyrics all the time like whether you want to admit it or not yeah and and so like subconsciously as we engage with pornography whether we know it or not and i think i think we do know it um more than we want to admit how it's affecting the way that we're seeing women affecting the way that we like our desires but even if you're not aware of it it's subconsciously affecting you and your the way that you're the way that you're engaging in different relationships. So whether it's a romantic relationship, I mean, just straight up for me, like I wanted to do the stuff that I was watching. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I wasn't in, I wasn't, I was only three years into porn when I was in that, that sexual relationship where we were having a lot of sex. And, but only, you know, even three years in, I'm wanting to do stuff with her that she doesn't necessarily really want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like maybe she'll like, she'll try it because like, I really want to do it. Okay. But it was like, it was, first of all, it was not self-serving. I mean, it was not, uh, you know, selfless. It was so self-serving. It was all about me and all about my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think about hardly whether or not she was enjoying the stuff Mm -hmm. and now i know you know i just i believe the lie or the idea because i see the girls on the the porn videos enjoying the stuff but now what i know about porn videos is that's fake yeah (laughs) i didn't pay to do it they're they're like acting like they they love this these different things that the guys are doing and they may or may not be liking it it's they're actresses yeah being paid and some and a lot of times being like forced to act like they like this stuff yes and so it's like giving me this this idea for my own relationship that i'm in that oh this girl she's gonna like this stuff and she didn't like she, there was times where she would she would express to me she didn't want to do this or that but then what i just know about that you know looking back on it now that i've been in this world for a, a longer later on in my life i know oh my gosh i'm sure she didn't like some of that stuff mm-hmm. but i was only three years in by the end of my five-year uh relationship with pornography i was it had progressed to darker and darker stuff mm-hmm. that's that's something that people do not want to talk about yes what and do you mean by darker and darker I'll, yeah I'll, I'll give you yeah i'll, I'll, I'll explain um 
throughout my journey, like for, for in the beginning, I just wanted to see stuff that was really like somewhat wholesome. Like mm, I just wanted okay. to see like, you know, at first I didn't, I couldn't even handle seeing actual intercourse. Mm-hmm. I just wanted oh. to see a naked woman. Right. Okay. So I'm talking about from the very beginning. Yeah. Right. And then my appetite grows and then I, yeah. okay, I can see actual intercourse. Um, I want to watch that. But like two weeks ago, that made my tum- my stomach churn a little. Mm-hmm. And so then you, you go on a little bit more. Okay, so well, a little bit more intense intercourse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it, it gets more, okay, now the as years go on, okay, the guys are getting a little bit meaner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where I, I would accidentally watch a video, come across a video that like the guy was – he was he was rough with her yeah and i didn't like that ah like i don't i didn't want to see that like turn that off but mm-hmm. then i'm realizing two or three weeks later that's what's turning me on yeah wow. and i began to see this like with my own eyes a very tangible progression where the best way i know how to describe it without getting super graphic is that the guys just got a little meaner yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Progressively. Are you saying like to the point of like it wasn't consensual? Uh no, like the videos I'm watching, the girls, you know, are responding. Okay, they can you okay. know, like they they like it or whatever. Okay. But what we what we've learned what we, is yeah. it does grow to that level. It gets to that level. And I think even now, correct me if I'm wrong, but statistically, pornography is uh more so violent yeah the one of the the highest um most popular categories of porn is violent porn yeah 100 yeah and and uh you know crystal and i've worked with exodus cry they come they do documentaries Mm -hmm. they're putting out one very soon this year they've announced putting out 2022 looking at the three three different categories of pornography mm. and um one of them is is violent porn one of them is uh underage porn and then the most intense is combining those yeah. underage violent porn yeah oh, lord and yeah. looking at these as three of the most popular categories yes yes and so you see this like decaying of mm of your your own desires i saw it within me and i like right it was right at the end of my time right before that encounter that i had right at the end of those five years where i i you know started to get exposed to some more just darker types of porn and it praise god that it, it it didn't go any further than it was like i said the extent of it was the guys are starting to get meaner yeah but you add five more years yeah add 20 years yeah the stuff that the appetite mm-hmm. that you have produced on accident where the the enemy has taken you way further than you ever wanted to go yeah and now you're a monster or you look you're you yeah. look at yourself you're like i'm a monster that's such a good i'm so glad that you even use that language because i think what happens is we really, especially in the body of Christ, it seems, you know, we really demonize people involved mm. in pornography. We see wow. them as monsters, right? Yeah. 
Um, and it could be your brother or sister right next to you in the pew. If you knew this about them, you would see them as a monster. Wow. And they know that. That's why they hide it in shame, yes. right? But to hear you speak about the that graduation, mm -hmm. how that appetite just, I mean, because the flesh is insatiable. So as one who maybe doesn't have a propensity to this specific darkness, this specific mm -hmm. sin, um, it might be easy to say, well, that is just so depraved. I mean, right. that is just so, you're not thinking about the fact that you start off here. Mm -hmm. You start off at this level. You, you're watching something that um, even much of what we see on television now, not even just movies, television, yeah, you know, borders on soft porn. And so you see that and you don't recognize that your appetite little by little is growing and even your sensitivity is diminishing oh yes. you can watch this stuff and it doesn't um infuriate you it doesn't make you uncomfortable it doesn't make you want to turn away it's like you can't turn away you're watching yeah. something it's violent and you're like what is what you know you can't so it this literally <laughs> I mean, it could happen to any one of us. Oh, yes. Who doesn't like sex? Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, what's your drug of choice? I don't care about marijuana or cocaine. or Everybody likes sex. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see how, and even when you were speaking, I'm thinking when you were speaking about for you, how it, you know, just kind of grew and grew and grew and your appetite began to change. I was thinking about as a woman, because you're a guy, and so it's easy to hear this and be like, oh, because he's a guy, you know. Mm. But as a woman who really, I really, really suffered through this, struggled wow. through porn addiction as well. Yeah. And I didn't even realize what I was willing to accept in sexual encounters was mm. getting darker and darker. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize for me where before... I might tell a guy, absolutely not. And then, mm. you know, as it moves and moves and grows and grows and grows, maybe my appetite for it wasn't growing, but my level of acceptance was. Yeah. I began to believe that maybe on some level that it was okay, I deserved it. I don't know exactly what was going on, but it's like a guy could say, just like you described, you know, the girl that you were involved with, hey, I want to try this. Yeah. And I might say, okay, where I wouldn't have before. Mm -hmm. I love that you brought that up, Crystal, because I think what you just described, the combination of what I described and the combination of what you described just produces this hyper-sexualized culture. Yeah. Where it's like, which ensues produces, you know, uh, hookup culture, casual mm. hookup culture yeah. is just off the charts. Yeah. And just this over sexualization of young people or just mm -hmm. people in general, where it's so, it's just, it's gone rampant mm -hmm. because pornography has produced in, in girls just an, an, an appetite that is unnatural. Yes, it has. It which, has. Which gives like more liberty to guys too to be able to like continue to be 
for it to continue to be normal yeah. for guys to just indulge in pornography. Yeah. It gives them like the context in which that gets to thrive. It does. And I want us to be careful here because I think what we can end up doing is blaming each other. Like I'm really great mm. at that. Sure. <laughs> especially, especially in this context, you know, I get real ramped up and I'm like, you know, and I have to really, oh God, help me. Um, I think we have to be careful because the blame is absolutely to be pointed toward the enemy of our souls. Yeah. I was very strategic about this, right? And so understanding that, you know, this cycle, this circle, that's happening, um, we can all examine our part in this. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, we can all, I'm not saying place, place blame. I'm just saying like, for example, when you were, when you were talking, Nathan, I'm thinking about how me personally, mm -hmm. um, I've said this before, I don't necessarily identify as a feminist. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of feminist principles that, you know, I see value in. I'm able to engage in these conversations. You know, mm -hmm. um, there are things that I, I tend to be um, a little divergent in my thinking at times as compared to other Christians, especially around this, this context. Um, but even seeing how, you know, some of the women's movement as it continues to progress might be contributing to this culture, mm. this freedom, because a lot of women, um, you know, that even we have worked with Nathan um, through our work in, with Exodus Cry, they really feel liberated in this work. Wow. Yeah. You know, they feel like they're in control. They're feeling empowered. They're feeling like, um, you know, I'm the one on set who determines this or that. And I'm and it feels like, you know, um, I have autonomous autonomy, you know, I have mm -hmm. agency. No one can tell me what to do with my body, you know. Yeah. And so it's easy to move into the culture or towards the culture that's saying, you know, this is okay because mm. and then we miss the dangers associated with what we're engaging in yeah i love what you, i love that you brought that up because i think it's important to realize that both men and women are victims to to a real enemy that's capitalizing off of them to yeah. um, a culture and somewhat we are somewhat victims. That's one yes. dynamic of it. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and it's, it's not one, one side's fault more than the other. Um, and I'm not saying we're victims to place blame on something else either. I think like, um, you know, I look at myself and I'm responsible for my own actions at yeah. the end of the day. And, but yeah, I think, that that's a that's a messy route to go down to start like saying well it's the it's the females who have creating this like that was yeah. not my intention at, at, yeah. at all and like uh, i don't feel that way one bit we right. we're both in need of um a liberator absolutely absolutely and i'll say this too i didn't really mention this in my when i was sharing my testimony but one of my favorite parts about it is that once the liberation happened, there was, a, I've been on a process of purification. Okay. 
does that make sense where it's like it's like for the first year or two it was hard not to watch porn yeah right because it was like it was like every day it was a battle like mm -hmm. shoo like man don't leave me alone you know like let me hang yeah. out with you guys type of thing and it wasn't until i went to i moved to kansas city and i started um developing a prayer life and spending long hours in the presence of god at the prayer room there in kansas city where i feel like i began to experience the what psalm 1611 talks about the pleasures of his presence yeah and i tell people all the time rather than grit your teeth and just try to abstain from the pleasures of the world what if you like indulged in the pleasures of god yeah. and the pleasures of his presence and for me personally that changed everything i remember mm. i remember my freshman year at ihop u this is back in 2017 and i looked up at one day and i was like oh my gosh i haven't even thought about masturbating in three wow. weeks oh yeah and that was the first time in my life since eighth grade Jesus. that I that I hadn't even thought about it. So how is that possible? I was so caught up in fellowship mm. with the Lord, and I was being fulfilled in that area of my, like the pursuit of pleasure mm. in my relationship with the Lord, because I really believe we were made for pleasure. Mm -hmm. I think as human beings, the Lord has put that in us. If I believe that we were made to be in the presence of God, we were made for pleasure. Yes. Because those two things, like the, the pleasures evermore are in his presence. Yes. I'm wired for this stuff. Of course, I'm going to seek it out in these other ways if I don't have Jesus. Mm -hmm. But experiencing the pleasures of God shifted it to where Guys, I don't think about masturbating or watching porn like hardly ever. That's not normal. Yeah. Now, but I what I will say is I've endured heavy, heavy <laughs> temptation throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And way more than I did when I was in my teenage years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember, I don't know if I ever told you this story, Crystal, but one time we were on outreach at Exodus Cry. I saw this outside of the strip club. I saw this picture of this like demon head on the telephone pole. Yeah. Yeah. Have I told you this one? Yeah. I'll tell Alicia because Alicia probably doesn't know. Probably, yes. I went up and just tore down the picture off the telephone pole. And we were like, we're retaking this, this place for the Lord. Right. <laughs> well, that next week, that demon showed up in my dream. Oh, Lord. And like it was the most sexual dream I've ever had in my life. I was like essentially got in the dream got pulled onto this demon's Instagram page, which was full of pornography. And I like it I woke up with like this tangible like sexual thing on me where I was mm -hmm. like I wanted to masturbate, watch porn so bad like like I'd never have in my life. Um and um, by the grace of God, like he sustained me through that. And I reached out to my Exodus Cry team. It's like specifically, I'm like, guys, that demon we tore down, like it just showed up in my dream with heavy temptation. Jesus. 
And and so, you know, I have not lived temptation free. Right. But but you know, like I said, our our real enemy, he waits for opportune times, right? Mm-hmm. But guys, like it changed my life whenever I began to experience the pleasures of God and went from this every day, like, oh, I gotta die to myself and mm-hmm. like grit my teeth to I just live my life. I don't even hardly think about it. That's so yeah. awesome. That's awesome. I love that you pointed out the fact that I am not exempt of temptation, but because I have placed myself in the presence of God, I now can endure because he is in it with me. Amen. That was just beautiful. And that's really encouraging, Nathan, to listeners who are like, you know, I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling because that's happening with many of our brothers and sisters. How do we have this conversation how do we engage with our brothers and sisters who are still struggling with this Mm. how do we go about that how can we help create an environment that they feel like they can talk about this yeah yeah you know i think we have to look to jesus for our example Mm. Whenever the woman caught in adultery was brought to him, mm-hmm. like, how did he treat her? Yes. Man, he treated her way different than the church leaders of the day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, and he was like, he was gentle with her. He was kind with her. But, and he's, but yet he still spoke the truth to her. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave room for like, hey, like, you're forgiven. I'll go back and do whatever you want. Right. He's like, he's like, I see you. I know that in some ways you're a victim. In some ways, your your own decisions have got you here. Yes. Though that's both of those things are real. Yes. I, I'm kind to you. I'm gentle to you. I do not condemn you. Mm-hmm. I forgive you. And now I'm commissioning you to walk in this no more. Mm-hmm. And I and anytime you get a commission from Jesus. He was releasing the grace to actually fulfill that commission. Oh, that's good. Because it's like, okay, Lord, like, I'll just not do it anymore. No, like, we're not going to just conjure up that strength. Right. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's the one who empowers us. I love Titus chapter 2, I think it's verse 11, where it says the grace of God has been given for all people for salvation. Yes, but then it goes on. It says to train us to renounce the worldly passions, to train us in here. I'm just going to read it for you because I don't know. Come on, pull just, out the Bible. <laughs> scriptures in here. And you know, Titus is one of those books where it's hard to find because it's only a half a page. Yes, <laughs> it's like, where are you again? I always forget about you. Uh, let me see. here. Yeah. I think it's after the Timothy's. Here we we go. (laughs) It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. This is Titus 2, 11. Training us to renounce ungodliness Mm -hmm. and worldly passions Mm -hmm. and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Mm -hmm. 
And so this isn't just something that is awesome that we're going to get to live in in eternity. Mm-hmm. But this grace has been given to us. Just it, like there's the grace of, for, you know, f- of salvation, the grace that brought us into salvation. There's the grace from the Lord that is empowering us to walk free from ungodliness and the, our worldly passions. And so I like to encourage men and women who are either neck deep in the stuff or they're, you know, in those earlier days where it's like, ah, oh, it's still such a struggle. I like to en- encourage them with hope that it's going to get easier. The mm-hmm. further you get away from this stuff, he's going, he's, he's purifying you. Your desires are being brought back into alignment with yeah. the way that they're supposed to be. Um, the images in your head by the grace of God are being cleansed. Mm. All of that stuff. He's actually making you virgin pure. Um, I, I, I remember, you know, because I was so sexually active at one point, you know, especially with pornography, little, little things that should have turned me on as a young man, as a, a young virgin didn't because I was, I, I I was overstimulated with sexual stuff, you Mm -hmm. know? Well, and I remember getting to a point where, um, I don't know if this is too graphic, but just like being sexually turned on by, by holding a a girl's hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I was, I was in a relationship when I was 20, I was actually engaged to be married, but that's another story for another day. What? Okay. (laughs) But that's on the other side of everything I'm telling you guys about now. And I remember being so tickled by that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like not in a weird way, like, but like, that was something that that spoke to me that like my sensitivity of being virgin pure had been restored. Yeah. Because the thought of like of getting turned on by holding the girl's hand when I'm neck deep in porn is like what? Yeah. It's the innocence of it. Exactly. It's the yeah. innocence. Look at and, God. And I can testify that that relationship was pure. Um, the 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 girl I was in a relationship with. Um, when I was engaged, we were engaged, but, um, yeah, like I, I love that because I tell people it's not just a cool idea that the Lord Mm-mm. is restoring your purity. Mm-mm. It will actually, actually rewire and, yes. and your physical body yes. into that place of virginity. And yeah. it's a, it's a miracle. It's a spiritual dynamic that's happening. Absolutely. You're not going to find that outside of Jesus. No, you will not. I tried. <laughs> wow, yeah. You will not. Yeah, I love that. And I know that to be true. I know um, I went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago now. Oh, I remember you. Which, yeah. which one was it? When we won. Which one was that? Didn't, weren't, weren't y'all in Florida? Miami, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you went to Miami. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I my cousin might have been there. I was going to say, I feel like if you were there, I would have remembered you. I was in there. I went to the one okay. in, in Houston, and that's the only one okay. I've been to. Okay, yeah. That was my first one, and um, I knew that I was going to be a part of work like this. I had a vision years, years, years ago that I was 
outside of a strip before I even knew the Lord outside mm -hmm. of a strip club giving women flowers. And so I knew eventually I would, I didn't know then, but as a believer, it was like, I had this desire to be yes. a part of this work, but going to the Super Bowl, I had done lots of outreach through the years at church and stuff, going to the Super Bowl um, to fight human trafficking and us having to go to the clubs in my mm -hmm. mind, it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to hand flowers out like this dream that I had. But it just hit me that we're going inside. Yeah. And I was like, I can't go inside. Wow. There's no way I can go inside. Like, Lord, you know I can't go inside. I can't go inside. Um, And I remember being in the prayer room. And I, Stephanie, I think, is the only person I talked to about this. Um. I remember being in the prayer room, like, I think the first outreach we did, like, I didn't go. Like, mm. I was like, I can't go. And I just stayed in the prayer room, like, all day. And it was that night was the first time we were going to go out. And we went and we go inside. And I'm petrified. Yeah. I mean, petrified. Oh, God, help me. Petrified that I would be tempted. Wow. Mm. I mean, just, I'm like, how am I going to do this work? You know, I love you, Lord, but I don't know if I'm yeah. any different on the inside. I don't know. Wow. And I can't tell you the way I wanted to dance in that strip club, praises to our God, when I was repulsed. Mm. I was devastated by what I saw. I was like, there's nothing appeasing about this. There's nothing appetizing about this. It broke my heart. Wow. And I, I said, that is God. Yes. Only God can do that. Only Jesus can do that. So I agree wholeheartedly. Like he can, he can, and he will. And I love that you're even saying, you know, like sanctification is a process that happens over time. And it's not that temptation won't be there or even flare up sometimes, but mm -hmm. we have this grace. I love yeah. the way you put that, that he's commissioned us with um, to empower us. It's not by our strength or by our might. Yes. And uh, man, that is powerful. That story that you told Crystal, just about this repulsion mm -hmm. that you had towards this stuff that you used to be wrapped up in mm -hmm. and involved with. I had a, a dream in my earlier years where I was in the weeks leading up to it, I was asking the Lord, would you give me a revelation of what it means to abhor evil? Mm. I was like, abhor evil. That's such a strong word. Yeah. And you get it from Romans 12, three, I think is the, the passage where it says abhor evil. And I'm like, what does that mean, Lord? And in this dream, I'm driving along as a, like a delivery man for some food. And I'm trying to look up in my car, how like the GPS to get to where I need to go. And my GPS starts glitching out and it's like glitching in and out to like porn websites. And oh I'm like, goodness. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm trying to like click out of it. I'm like, what the heck? And in the dream, I start like puking everywhere. Wow. <laughs> all over the dashboard, all over my car. Like I had to pull over on the side of the car and I just puked everywhere outside of the car. And I woke up from the dream and he was like, that's what it's like that's to have poor like evil. <laughs> 
Sometimes the Lord be showing us stuff in ways. Yeah. <laughs> we could have chose a different way to do that. Right, he gets but he doesn't scripture talk about us returning to our sin like a dog does to vomit. So oh, like, that's yeah. it. Oh, God. I've I never made that. that connection. Yeah. And it will become like vomit to you. Yes. Where yeah. it's like, this doesn't even compute. This is like, this is so contrary to what I have been wired to consume now. Yeah. It's like my body rejects it with yes. everything that it has. Yes, God. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. Well, that's the message of hope today, Saints. Vomit. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. no, that really is so beautifully encouraging, honestly. So, uh, Nathan, you have to come back, I think. Hey, I think we should do this again 100%. Uh, this is as just like, oh, there's so much. Okay. Because I feel like we have, we've just started this a conversation. Yeah. Jesus, this was so, so helpful. I know yeah. it. I just know it. I just know it. I thank you so much for coming. Before we let you go, though, tell the people about the book, the ministry. Where can they find you? Yeah. Yes. Come on. Well, <laughs> so yeah, so I lead a ministry called Dreamer Boy Ministries. It's all about reaching young people through different forms of media, um, social media, YouTube. We have our own podcast called the Dreamer Boy Podcast, um, where our mission statement is Jesus people sharing Jesus stories mm. to provoke greater love for Jesus. Um, and so you can look us up on YouTube, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram. Um, we also, um, we have uh, my book, Jesus is Better Than Porn, whoop, whoop. where I lay out my story. We talked about some of this stuff today, but it's it's under 100 pages. It's meant for uh, people who, they're not big book readers, which I'm not mm -hmm. really. And so even though I, I force myself to read some books because I know it's good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Make, you make it sound like vegetables. Nathan. Right. It's like vegetables to me. Uh, but, you know, the book, I'll break it down for you. It's five, five short chapters. It's how I got addicted to porn, what it was like in the thick of it, how I got delivered, um, what I do to walk in freedom now. And then chapter five is all about um, parents who want to better partner with their children um and just ways in which they can better do that um offering i published it uh you know as a 23 year old i'm 25 now so mm -hmm. it's from a 23 year old perspective um which i did that on purpose i i didn't wait until i was in my 30s and 40s on purpose mm -hmm. um because i'll write part two and three later on you know from different, from different mm -hmm. stages of life but felt like it was important to get this message of, of hope and freedom out to people. You can buy the book on Amazon. You can get it back to you in two days. Um, mm -hmm. And you can sit down and read it in less than an hour and a half. And so, yeah, I encourage you guys to go, anyone listening, go check that out. And it's the testimony of Jesus in my life. Um, yeah, I could, I could say more, but that kind of probably sums it up. Yeah. Perfect. I also want to say quickly too, um, I'm very encouraged 
by what Nathan is saying and how he was able to do it through his faith. But if you feel like you need more help, if you need to walk with um, a counselor, please, please, please call. Um, you can call Sex Addicts Anonymous. Um, and that's at 1-800-477-8191. And they can help with any um, wide array of sexual issues, including pornography. So we definitely want to offer that up as well. I love that you said that, Alicia, because I know that my my story is meant to be encouraging and give hope. And there's sometimes where people will hear it and they feel discouraged because they feel like it's so out of reach for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really know if all that is for me. And here's here's the truth. Anything that I said is in reach for you. The Lord can do it for you, wants to set you free, encounter you, all that stuff. But the thing is, too, is he also sets people free in different ways. Absolutely. And so you offering like tangible resource for, um, you know, hotlines and, and counseling and all the different stuff. Like, I don't want you to feel like anything I've shared contradicts mm-hmm. that stuff because the Lord will use by any means to set his people free. Yes. He Absolutely. uses people in all different arenas. And so I, I just wanted to, to say that, uh, encourage anyone listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. People, we need to hear that. Thank also, you. Also, I love this podcast. Guys. <laughs> what you guys are doing is so important. Thank uh, you. And I want to encourage you guys. I would happily be a frequent guest. Come, Come on. And talk about just any different subjects, dive more deep into different stuff. Um, yeah, it's because a male perspective. This yeah. is a conversation like you guys are having. It's so important. I want to be involved with it as much as you guys want. I'm going to be doing it in my circle. So anytime yes. I can come on and uh, just fuel what you guys are doing, I love it. I'm so pumped and encouraged by you guys, what you guys are Thank doing you. here. And it's so important. Keep going. Thank we you. need it. Thank you. <laughs> Because they still got God's idea. Amen. Period. Period. (laughs) (laughs) See y'all on the next one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Good Sex Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. The podcast is available on all major streaming platforms. So make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review so that other people can find the content just like you did. Also, don't forget to follow us and engage on Facebook and Instagram at The Good Sex Podcast. See you in the next episode.